So should we do a podcast? Let's do a podcast. Podcast. Well, welcome to their very best. A podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about the cars. Bow, bow. <laughs> I like the nightlife, baby. <laughs> so I do have some news and announcements. Ooh. We have some inbound traffic coming in. Uh-oh. I hope it's not Moscow again. Not, not Moscow. We have a fan who's written us. I told you to think of the fans, and you didn't think they existed. You're right. Well, I don't know if you've seen the email that came in from the fan. Question from a fan one is the subject of the email. This fan wrote to contact at theirverybest.com. Really? I'll read it to you. Okay. Hi, hello, Bill and Waldron. Through my dad, I've had to listen to every episode on repeat since the beginning. Since then, I've become a fan of the podcast and wait in excitement for every new episode. Literally. However, (laughs) you literally had no choice. However, I have a question for the both of you. What are your takes on these classic drummers singing? That is Keith Moon in Boris the Spider, Ringo Starr in With a Little Help from My Friends, and Mickey Dolmez in I'm a Believer. Thanks. Pretty sure it's... Oh, oh, just thanks. August Faulkner, oh, age 14, fan, <laughs> and coincidentally, also son of one of the hosts. <laughs> uh, you know, when it was Boris the Spider, I should have known. I should have known at that time that... I thought the, I thought the giveaway was I'm a believer. No, Boris the Spider, it's his favorite Who song. Or one of, it used to be one of them because, you know, it's a... You know, a little bit of a novelty song. Now, since it's a good question. It's Mickey Dolan's, not Dolnez. Oh, maybe I maybe I mispronounced it. Maybe he. Uh, I think you. It. I think probably he mistyped it. Did you put him up to this? No. So thank you for the very kind note, August. I love it. I love it. And you other fans out there, if you write us, we too will read your inbound emails as well. But I think we need to. I think we need to honor these questions. What do you think of the drummers that sing? So, if Mickey Dolenz actually is the singer on "I'm a Believer," I think that is a better singing performance than either of the other two. <laughs> I haven't validated that. I do know that Ringo sings on uh, "Help from My Friends" and also "Octopus's Garden," right? Octopus's Garden, yeah. And Keith Moon does sing on "Boris the Spider." Are you familiar with that song? I am. Yeah. I would say, well, I, you're the drummer. Uh, so Boris the Spider, the singing on it feels like a joke more than like a sincere. It feels like a, a novelty song. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't take it that seriously, but I think all good drummers sing. Ooh. Now, that doesn't mean that they all sing well, <laughs> but I believe the drummers is entitled to the microphone as anyone else. <laughs> You're not a second-class citizen. This is my hot take. You're not some homunculus that just bangs on things with sticks. Cut me, don't I bleed? (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, drummers are humans too. They deserve, they have a voice. They need to use it. And we should talk about the monkeys just real quick to say that. Should we? I thought maybe. Must we? Well, (laughs) 
Well, I think we must because I told you once that the monkeys was on my list and got a lot of pushback. And I think that the monkeys is a very interesting story because they knew who they were. They knew they were a manufactured thing. And I think despite all that, they had some valid and wonderful creative output, including I'm a Believer. Then I saw her face. Now, having said all of that, like we can now, we don't, we no longer have to do the, the episode that I had envisioned. That's about as much as we needed no, for it. No, no, no. I'm looking forward to that episode where we'll, we'll do a deep dive on the monkeys. Uh, maybe in our 500th episode, we'll honor the monkeys. <laughs> I'm psyched to hear you talk about the cars. Let me just tell you, my knowledge of the cars ends after Candio, second album. Candio. Or maybe the next one. Shake It Up, is that the next one? And my appreciation for The Cars ends after the first album, Mm -hmm. the eponymous The Cars album, Mm -hmm. which was much loved by me. I think both The Cars and Candio came to me in a, probably by your time it was CDs for a penny, you know, eight, 10, 12 CDs for a penny. Oh, the club? The club that you, you sign up for the club? Yeah. So The Cars came to me from the club. As a cassette? As a vinyl album. As a vinyl album. So it's like the record of the month club. The Columbia Columbia House Records. Columbia House, what does somebody have too many of? And can we foist it off on people who we can trick into paying us later? Waldron, let's get this out of the way. Uh Uh-oh. Their very best album is The Cars, The Cars. Oh, good. I'm so glad you said that. It's, but it is an amazing album full of wonderful songs. Yes. Some of which we'll talk about. Oh, yeah. yeah. If yeah. I get a chance to, probably I won't need to chime in with any of my picks, because if that's your favorite album, probably you'll cover many of my favorites. We'll see. One other thing I'll tell you is I have, uh, I should say, Amos has that album on vinyl in his room. It's one of his, he's got a literal handful of records, and that is one of them. Does he have a means to play the album? He does. So he's listening to the cars on vinyl at age well, 14? That, now we're going to... Hold on, hold on, hold on. I didn't say he's listening to it. Oh. I just said he's in possession of it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he has a few albums, and that's one of them. And he's got a record player that's also a Bluetooth speaker. Well, what do you know? So. Oh, that's crazy. That's yeah. cool. Amos has these records. He's got Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. Abbey Road. Oh, man. The Cars, The Cars. One of these does not fit. The Magic Flute. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is like an eight-side, you know, four-record extravaganza. That's great. Yeah. Um, Oh, well. Oh, Led Zeppelin 4. I think he should trade in... Well, let's listen to this episode. Let's do this episode, and then we'll counsel him to trade in his Cars album for another one of those most classic albums of all time. Okay, so this is just what I needed. I love that there are two different guitar sounds that we hear right off the bat. And this was produced by Roy Thomas Baker, who also produced Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody. And I think it's fun that um, the Cars played Live Aid, as did Queen. Now we have the full drum set playing. And you're going to hear the hi-hat open up a little bit. I don't mind you coming here and wasting all 
And then there's that little 16th note triplet fill. There's very simple drumming, but totally groove pocket drumming. It's pretty straight ahead rock and roll. It's right? straight ahead rock and roll, but it's so beautifully arranged. I love this sound. There's that awesome keyboard synthesizer. I don't hate this song. I think there are at least four other songs on this album that are better. <laughs> okay. That's great, because I'm excited for you to for you to share. But before we get there, as a drummer, I'm gonna tell you some other things I love about this song. One is where the two and the four is, the snare, the backbeat. So all this time it's been here on the two and the four, and it's gonna switch up in a couple seconds and be on the one and the three. It's gonna turn around. So it's now one, two, three, four, one. And now it's 1-3. Right there. Now it's switched back. So like, you know, when I was in drum school, like it was like a cardinal sin to turn the backbeat around and start playing the backbeat on 1 and 3 instead of 2 and 4. Why would that have... I can't imagine that that would have been a cardinal sin. Like, why would that be a sin? Because, I mean... Switching things up is what music is about, you know, contrast. Yeah, so absolutely. So Cardinal Sin might be putting it strongly, but it was like, it was a Cardinal Sin if you did it by accident, put it that way. One of those rules where you break it only after you know what the rule is and why it exists. That's what it is. That's what it is. And that's what's going on here. It's like, it's not a mistake on the drummer's part, right? It's playing with the rule, transgressing the rule, and then going back to the rule. And that is one of the ways in which... You know, a very simple eighth note driven song still has these different parts and these different feels and these different movements. Okay, so do you want to play a song or do you want me to just go through my spiel? No, you're, I'm, you're the uh, cruise director in this one. I am. And I am the passenger. And so I will shut up until, until you make an egregious error that I disagree <laughs> with and miss a song. I'll let you go through your thing, and then I'll have my revenge. Like, I've okay, got great. Uh, guest's revenge, co-host's revenge later. So, I'm looking forward to that. Okay, so the, there's the next song I want to play is off of Candio, and it's Let's Go. And one of the things I like about this song is, a feature of the song is hand claps. Which is a car's staple. It really is. Again synthesizer guitars bass I, I really like the feeling the drums have that single skin open tom they're very dry they're not very resonant punchy beat simple tasteful drum fills that are in service of the song so you know what's funny is i think of this band as an 80s band but like these two the first songs that we've been hearing are from the 70s late 70s but this is this was released in 79 there's a lot of great music bill that was released in the late 70s just in time to not be a part of the 80s and 
you can really tell that there's a dividing line. And sometimes there'll be an album that was released in 1980 and you'll think, oh, maybe the 80s aren't as horrible as I thought. And then you'll realize that it was recorded in 79 and only released in the 80s. Wow, you really didn't like the 80s. I have a problem with the 80s. I really do. Yeah. Waldron's 80s problem. <laughs> I do have an 80s problem. I like the nightlife, baby. Here are the hand claps. Let's go! Yeah. Lots of hand clappy business in, um, in these Cars songs. There's one I listened to today where I was like, okay, it's got that guitar sound, the one that from this song, it's got hand claps... And then the bass pattern sounded familiar. I thought that like they had put it together from Cars song parts. Car parts. <laughs> Let's listen to You're All I've Got Tonight. Okay. There's a phaser on the drums there. I don't care if you hurt some more. Uh, is it a flanger? Maybe it's a flanger. You tell me. I don't care if you even the score. <laughs> don't know i think it's a flanger <laughs> what i notice is that there is a backbeat played by accenting the floor tom i love there's it. no snare drum here even still you know more instrumentation's coming in but the backbeat's still just the accented floor tom but once we get to the chorus waldron now we've got a snare drum backbeat and it changes the mood it's actually like you relax into it <laughs> everyone's gonna be like oh my god I like the song. And you know, it's it's funny, I wonder how much of my appreciation for the cars is because I was 13 and 14 and listening to these albums. Oh, that's a... And kind of digging them. I mean, I was also, like, already into my classic rock snobbiness phase. Well, that is a real thing. It's totally subjective. And we can pretend like we, we are the authority on what's the very best. Oh, I, yeah, but I totally am. 100%. <laughs> okay. It's 100% impossible to untangle the objective-subjective dividing line No, but here. It, it is possible, I think given maturity and experience to distinguish the two, which I think is a step that many people don't take, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I know that my love for some of the music that I will love until the day I die is just because it reached me at a time and a, and a phase in my life where I was particularly sensitive to that kind of, and open to that kind of yeah. music. And, yeah. and, it, and there's a sentimentality to it or a... You know, it reminds me of a, of a person or a place or a time, and I will love it yes. on that basis, and I'll recognize, okay, that's why I like this. And yep. so I can't claim that it's their very best, but I sure love that. So this is going to go into the next pick. There's a Latin expression I learned this week, which is degustibus non est disputandum, which I'm probably pronouncing terribly wrong. Disagreement is not disputing or... It translates literally to, in matters of taste, there can be no disputes. Mm. But more colloquially, it's there's no accounting for other people's taste. Right. Right? I, I think it's re relevant to this objective, subjective conversation. I agree with you. You can mature into being self-aware enough to know, have a view on when you're 
likely to be being biased by your experience, but I also think there's a limit to how well we can understand that. Right. So now this song, this one for me is the one where it's, this is my nostalgia pick. Okay, so I was like a guest somewhere at a friend's house. We were down the shore in New Jersey in Asbury Park. I was 10 years old and I had a Sony Walkman and I listened to this song on repeat. Who's gonna tell you when it's too with the tape just flipping over and playing and flipping over and playing. And this song just like transports me to 1984 and the summer in 1984. It's off of Heartbeat City and I think it's might be their biggest hit. Tell me about this snare sound. That is a classic, is it a gated snare? Like it's a crash, you know, it's got sustain to it. It's all attack. I mean, I feel like it just goes away immediately. Do you think it sustains? Who's gonna pick you up? Yeah. Maybe what I'm hearing is reverb. It could be reverb. Mm -hmm. You've probably got a better ear for it than I do. Who's gonna hang it up? This song is movie montage fodder. Totally. And and I love it. I, I, I hate it for such for being such an 80s thing. Like if I needed to choose a um, like a song for a John Hughes film <laughs> <laughs> that represented the 80s and a John Hughes film and like yeah. you know, it's great for the film, not so much great for me. I can love it exactly because of what it did for you at the time when you were 10 years old with a, with a Walkman, right? Like, yeah. I get that. I totally yeah. get that. And uh, de gustibus non es disputandum. Nice. You know? Yeah. So I will not say pedestrian <laughs> on this one. I hear where we're going next. Yep. Now we're back to the cars, the cars. This is my best friend's girl. And there are those hand claps. Yep. So, Waldron, we've been, we've been talking for a little while. I've got some other songs I could play, but those are the ones that I consider the very best. And I put this one in here, too. I love the, um, I might need to spend some time on the Spotify to find the song that I'm thinking of, but you're getting a little bit of it here where there's some sort of electronic drum tom sound. You know, it's a and they'll mess with the, you know, the envelope or something to change the pitch of it hmm. as it's going. That's cool. Um, I was talking about it with the Beast because, you know, she's a drummer. And I was like, hey, check this out. Check out these drums. And I was like, I have to find the song. I think it's Good Times Roll. Well, you think that's the drums going? It's a percussive sound to me. There's like a click, but... I think of it as being a tom, because then he's going to do a little fill, and they're going to change the pitch of that thing. 
Also, the, the guitar sound is just great. It's great. Right here. Listen. It's great. Those sound like toms to me. They could well be synthesizers, but to me, they've always felt like toms huh. and drum sounds. And then there's a fill, and the part of the fill is that they mess with the pitch of the electronic toms. I always thought it was synthesizer, but it, I don't know. Could be. Well, I'm pretty sure that will be the one and only misinformation that I ever gave the Beast as a father. <laughs> what else do you like about this song, Waldron? This is your time. This is your this is your revenge. To me it's very evocative. It feels like it has a nighttime feel. I, it's not something we've talked about before, but when I was in school and we were studying Indian music, yeah. and I learned that ragas are designed to be played at a certain time of a time of day, hmm. it kind of blew my mind because I, I realized then that there were pieces of music that to me were just nighttime music, hmm. daytime music, Sunday music, you know, music to be played in the middle of the city and music to be played elsewhere, like music that goes with a different time or a different place. And to me, this is nighttime. You're a young person. You're the nighttime. You're, you know, the 80s are coming. You don't know it yet. <laughs> and it's still okay. And it's just kind of badass. It's rock. It's rock. This is some good rock. Yeah. Right. And I think that the synth does not turn it into synth pop. This is rock with a synth. Totally different. So I but love this synth song. Is, is I agree. It's rock with a synth. It's not like Duran Duran kind of thing. But it's like the synth is like a, a very important element of the arrangement. It's not just like filigree. Yeah, but it isn't you know? the featured. The arrangement does not hinge on the synth. Right. It is another instrument within the thing. And in the, mix, the guitar yeah. is also right. Yeah. That was one of the things about Drive. Was there's Drive is a synth heavy song with very little guitar. Yeah, and that's why it feels so 80. Yeah. Well, also, I think that that huge reverb drum noise. Yeah, yeah. Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. I don't know that Moving in Stereo is what I would have called their best song, but it was certainly my favorite at the time. I thought it was a badass song. Panning the audio from one side all the way to the other when they say the word stereo is a bit on the nose, but it reached me when I was 13 or 14. Yeah, or, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. It might seem like a gimmick now. You know, it's funny, like some of the things that were innovative at one point can seem kind of cheesy later. Yeah, because everybody says, oh, look how cool that is. And then they do it, and then it becomes cliche. I, th I think of that with auto-tune. Right. Right, like, it was pretty cool when used for effect, and it was such a great effect that everybody, you know, started doing it. Wah Wah Pedal, almost the same thing as, like, you know, guitarists in the mm -hmm. 70s. That's funny, I think of, like, Wah Wah Pedal as, like, essential guitarist kit. Like, if you have an effects board, you probably have a Wah Wah Pedal on it. I had two at one point because because they had I had I had a you know the 
Dunlop Crybaby, which was the one that everybody had. And then I also had a Morley. Hmm. It was a big thing with a totally different sound and a different feeling to it on your foot. It was it was both a wah pedal and a volume pedal. Uh, cool. It's another nighttime song. This whole album is nighttime. I'm glad we're on the same page that this is the album. You're going to check out of the Cars album. I think it's funny when they put it out, someone joked that it should be called the Cars Greatest Hits, even though it was their first album. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. When they put it out? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I think it's high acclaim when they call it that right after it's released. Yeah. It's um, maybe kind of a diss when they call it that uh, 40 years later or however long it's been. Right. Oh, they just went to the left ear. (laughs) (laughs) They're moving in stereo, Bill. It's really happening. So I'm going to leave one parting thought is to, if if people like watching videos on YouTube, check out the video of Just What I Needed from Live Aid, which is great. It's just a great time. They're at the height of their powers, and they sound wonderful. And uh, Ben Orr, is the Benjamin Orr is the lead singer on that song. His voice is really good. Really, really good. I like it. It's a good song. I'm glad you called it out. So, Bill, is it decided for the cars? It's decided. Yes, I'm going to make my proclamation. So, the very best album by the cars is The Cars. And my hot take pick for very best song, which Waldron won't like, is Drive. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I say, I know. I'm saying it partially to get under your skin, but also fully acknowledging my objectivity is gone. I'm saying this subjectively based on what it evokes for me, and other people might very well disagree. If you only want to listen to one album, though, you got to listen to just the original record, The Cars. I'll stand by what I said. I will get behind that song on the basis of what it means to you. Because I, I, I love it when when music reaches people so deeply that it puts them back in a time and a place. Right I love that. Right on. And I acknowledge it's a little cheesy, you know. I own it. I I own the cheesiness. Good. I, I agree. It's a little cheesy, and that's part of what I like, I guess, because it brings me back. Bill, you know what would be good? It would be good if somebody other than my son got in touch with us. Totally. We've got a whole bunch of different ways they can do that. How can they get in touch with us, Waldron? Well, Twitter, at their very best. Instagram, at their very best. Facebook, their very best. We've got like three or four email addresses that people can use. Contact at their very best is what August used to reach us. What if someone hears something that they think is incorrect? Oh, wrong, at their very best.com. And then there's that website, their very best.com. It's a great website. I noticed that there are playlists on the website for each episode of the tracks that you heard in that episode. And so if, if you like the music you're here when you listen to this, you can go just listen to the playlist. How cool is that? And we're going to do more of these, so beware. Well, before, before we get to that, I just want to encourage, <laughs> I want to I say, do write us. Please leave us a review, five-star review. And tell your friends. And then, Waldron, you were you were starting to say something. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, 
we're going to do more of these, so beware. Watch out. <laughs> we'll be doing more unsolicited... Sorry, we'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Waldron. And I'm Bell. And thanks for listening to their very best. That's a wrap. Podcast done. Mm-hmm.